My entitled mom tries to steal my disability payments behind my back. I've been seeing a therapist after my dad died suddenly from a heart attack some years back. I was still living with my parents, so I was at home when it happened. I was the one who called 911 and called my older siblings to let them know something was wrong. A few months passed, and I go to my first appointment with my new doctor. While filling out a survey, I explained that I wasn't sure how to answer their questions about my mental health. I then explained what happened, and they asked me if I went to talk to someone. I said yes. We spent a few weeks speaking, and then I started to go to therapy. An important note, I was in my mid-twenties when all this happened. I was an adult. I've been struggling to find employment, and my therapist helped me find an employment counselor. It was the winter of 2018-2019, and still no luck with employment. My mom asked if I could be put on disability benefits for anxiety. She's looking for the social security payments since I was struggling to find a job. While anxiety was a part of my diagnosis, it's never been to the point where I can't go out in public. I bring this up to my therapist, and she didn't think we'd get anywhere with that. I told my mom this, and I thought that was the end of it. Fast forward to 2019. I noticed there's an appointment on our calendar in the kitchen. My mom's the type to write down what the appointment's for, but this didn't have that. Instead, I just had my name and the time of the appointment. I asked her about this, and my mom made it sound like we were doing some sort of family therapy session. Needless to say, I would have rather eaten my own foot than do this. At that point in my life, my therapy sessions had become a place where I can express my feelings, and it was a safe place overall. It was a place for me to express myself without someone else being there and taking what I have to say the worst possible way. I didn't want to talk about my feelings with anyone in my family. The day of the appointment arrives and the person comes. She was there to assess me to see if I was eligible for disability. I had no knowledge of this and I did not consent. I pointed this out, but the assessment continued. I pointed out that my mom made it sound like some sort of counseling session. Her response was along the line of, well, it kind of is. What I think happened was my mom ran into an older cousin of mine. And by older, I mean my cousin's youngest child is a few years older than me. My cousin's middle child had some kind of mental handicap. I don't know what the specifics are. I just know it's to the point where it's highly unlikely that he can ever live alone. She likely talked to my cousin about how someone could get disability benefits, took the matter into her own hands from there, and went behind my back to set up this appointment. So there we are. My mom trying to cheat the system for money and I honestly felt like I was going to faint. I was that mortified that she did this behind my back. Maybe I should have made more of a scene and made it clear to the woman that I did not consent to any of this. But I didn't doubt for a second that I'd be treated as the one in the wrong by my mom and siblings, even though it was my trust and privacy that had been completely violated. At my next appointment with my therapist, I honestly think the woman who had assessed me spoke to her, so my therapist already knew what was going on. What she thought happened was that the woman who came over thought I was a minor or skipped a step in the procedure. The point is, the woman who came over messed up. I know I should probably be mad at her too, but I always found I was more forgiving of this. My therapist did help me feel a little bit better by confirming what I already suspected, that this wasn't going to go the way my mom hoped. And it didn't. Sometime later, I got a letter saying that I was not eligible for disability benefits. My mom said she was going to try to make an appeal, but my therapist assured me that she could try. But not only was she grasping at straws, she wasn't going to get anywhere without my permission this time. As far as I can tell, she got to blissfully move on while I'm still double-checking with anyone, my therapist, my employment counselor, my doctor's office, and anyone in between to make sure something like this will never happen again. It is bonkers to me that this actually happened. The fact that his mom tried to sign him up for disability payments just to then have the goal of taking those disability payments and using them for herself or something is so unbelievably unethical and illegal, I can't even begin to explain it. Anybody can deal with mental health issues and have some kind of hiccup that causes them to have problems in their 
lives. But to have someone go on your behalf and try and sign you up for disability just to try and take your payments is appalling. I feel so bad for this person and I really hope they find the help that they need. And if I were them, I would cut my mom out of my life and say no more, no thanks, and goodbye. This next story came from the Am I the Jerk podcast subreddit. If you'd like to submit your own stories, check out the links in the description. Am I the Jerk for blocking a group of friends who ghosted me for not moving out with them? This happened in 2021. Three former friends and I had planned to move out together. We had found an awesome place just outside of the main city for only about $1,200 a month for rent. I had been saving up and thought I was ready. We signed a renter's agreement, pulled together the deposit and everything. Right after that, I experienced an hours cut at work and some family issues that caused me to back out at the last minute because of my worsening financial situation. My friend from high school, we'll call him friend one, was super mad about this, but told me that he understood. Prior to this, I had become involved in a motorcycle club my parents were members of, and I ended up becoming a member myself. Spring signaled the beginning of riding season, and I was on the committee in charge of the spring open rider venue. From February to April, I was helping plan out the venue with the social members, while the full patches planned the routes and stops. Only taking a break from preparations for my 21st birthday at the end of March, which I invited the club and all my friends, including my three former friends I was going to move in with. It also so happened that the spring opener landed on one of my friend's 21st birthday, and I had to politely decline to go because I had other obligations with this club I was a part of. Some of my former friends were upset, but seemed to understand. However, things changed as summer got closer. During the summer, I was out with the club practically every weekend that my new job permitted that I had off, or that I requested off if it was a major event. While I was more financially stable, going from 25 to 26 hours at my old job, to 35 to 40 with my new job, I still had to pay club dues. The three friends were badgering me to come hang out with them and see the apartment, which was hard to make time for between club and work. So not thinking about it, I sent a screenshot of my work schedule, which is scheduled three weeks out so we could coordinate with days off so we could get together and hang out. This was a big mistake. August rolls around and I have continued to send regular updates of my schedule to try and hang out. Without so much of a response from my two friends, my third friends, bless her, was acting as the medium between them and was the only one I could get a response from. I messaged her privately to reiterate I was sending my schedule and ask how they were doing. She said there was a bit of a rift with me not being able to come see them or the apartment and that she would talk to the other two and try and get them to come back to me. Finally, towards the end of August or early September, I had had enough of the one-sidedness and removed myself from our group chat and blocked them on social media and politely relayed to the person that's actually talking to me with these friends that I would be removing them all from my social media. I told her that while I was thankful for her help, I didn't want them to contact me through her and that I would be removing her as well and she completely understood. End of September comes and I wake up to a text sent at about 4.30 in the morning from an unknown number with an obscure message. This was promptly followed by friends on different platforms who had also texted me about the same time. Obviously, since I didn't have the number saved in my contacts, I asked the question of, uh, who is this? It was one of the friends. And this particular friend had made a Facebook post asking people to contact me since he couldn't get a hold of me on any other platforms that I had blocked him on. I was livid. Not only was I livid that he did this and gotten my friends involved, I was also livid that he actually had the audacity to ask me why I blocked him. I told him exactly why. I told him that him as well as his other friend were being rude and that I was tired of being ignored and made to feel bad for not being able to hang out. He then proceeded to tell me he wasn't active because he was busy with work and had other things going on. He then told me in summary that I was a bad friend for not making time for him and the other guy and that I couldn't make time for them on their 21st birthday because I didn't care enough to make time for something that important. Which 
which I laughed at since neither of them showed up for my 21st birthday. I also made the comment that being busy with work wasn't an excuse since he got mad that I had obligations outside of work and family and that he knew I had a responsibility to this club I was a part of. Also, because we had an entire hour-long conversation about it the night I got vested and patches. They also said that sending screenshots of my schedule felt like a punch in the face because they felt like hanging out had to be on my time and my time only. To a degree, I get that, but I also don't have a consistent schedule. Even after I tried to explain that my days off weren't consistent and that sending my schedule was to help find a common day off, he just wasn't having it. I finally got fed up and told him to have a nice life that I honestly wish him the best and that I hopefully someday we can be friends again. So am I the jerk for blocking a group of friends that ghosted me because I didn't want to move out with them? This is a tough one for me personally because I don't think this guy's actually the jerk, but at the same time, I can kind of see where the friends are coming from. Like, I can see how it would be a punch in the face if you just kept getting screenshots of somebody's schedule instead of them actually trying to make the effort to meet up and hang out. But on the other hand, the way that the three friends were acting is absolutely inappropriate. They sent their third friend to go and try and mediate between them without addressing any of the concerns. It seems like all of this just got blown out of proportion and nobody had any idea what anyone was doing. So yeah, I think both sides are kind of jerks in this situation and hopefully they can try and find some resolution to it. But from the sounds of it, it doesn't look like they're going to be friends anytime soon and this might be a lost cause. I found out my boyfriend is going to propose to me while snooping around through his phone. I'm 19 years old and I struggle really bad with overthinking. Today, I was overthinking that my boyfriend was cheating or talking to other women on his phone. When he went to bed, I searched through his phone, which he knows I do and doesn't have a problem with it. While looking through the recent chat with his female friend, I read that he planned on proposing in a few months and he sent the two rings he was looking at. Last week, he hinted at supposedly doing something that will greatly help my overthinking, according to him. And I assumed that he was proposing since we've been dating for two years and about six months. But it still feels wrong that I already know his plans and basically ruined the surprise aspect. I don't want to tell him and ruin the fun or the romance part of all of this, though. I don't know what to do. Do I keep it a secret or do I tell him the truth? Oh, this is a rough one. I think it's a great sign that your boyfriend is so open and he obviously doesn't care if you look through his phone because clearly he's not cheating. But it's super unfortunate that the one thing you found is the one thing you probably didn't want to find. And that is that he is going to propose. So yeah, you're kind of stuck on a fence. Do you say something because you feel guilty that you found out and kind of ruined the surprise? Or do you stay quiet, play dumb, and go along with it? Honestly, I don't think you should be disappointed by this. If you love your boyfriend, then you can just be simply excited about what's happening. It can still be a surprise that he's going to propose. You could even try and reschedule whatever plan he has and not show up to the day that he's going to supposedly propose. That way he has to reschedule when he's supposed to propose and then you don't know what's going to happen. You still know in the back of your mind that he's going to propose, but you don't know exact dates. That might be able to add some kind of spice and some fun back into it. Overall, though, I hope this works out and congratulations on getting engaged. My depressed partner doesn't do any housework. My girlfriend and I have been living together for a year, dating for two years. We are both suffering from depression, but I've had a lot longer to deal with it than Alice has, who's my girlfriend. Both of us go to therapy, but Alice does not want medication due to bad past experiences. I try to be there for Alice, and emotionally, she is also there for me. But when it comes to acts, I do at least 90% of the housework. I cook, 
clean, grocery shop, etc., along with being a full-time student. Alice is on disability leave and spends her time playing video games and binge-watching TV. I know depression is not as simple as try harder, but I'm struggling too, yet I have to force myself to do chores because someone has to do them. I try to help my girlfriend by giving her simple chores with specific instructions, but even those only get half done most of the time, and then I feel like I'm the jerk for nagging her. The biggest issue is that she forgets to feed our cat, which she agreed to get and take care of, and she forgets to do this while I'm at school, even if I send her texts reminding her. We have had several long conversations about this, and she always feels bad, cries, and says that she'll do better, but then nothing changes. I ask how I can help. I ask her maybe would a specific chore list be good? What if we do it together? Would she like to move back in with her parents for a while? A psych ward? Maybe trying antidepressants again? But the answer is always no. It feels like she has given up and decided that she's doomed to be depressed for the rest of her life, and it will never get better. She seems to think that she's a burden and that I would be better off without her. I do understand how she feels, but it's still hard to hear. I love her with my whole heart and want to help her. I genuinely want to make this work. I try my best to be understanding and empathetic. I'm just cracking under the pressure of being responsible for the household along with my studies. I really don't want to leave her. She's the love of my life and the person I want to spend my life with. Sometimes things are better. This just feels like an extra rough patch. I'm just so exhausted and I just don't know what to do. Is there even anything I can do? It sounds like this partner has tried everything they can to try and get through to their girlfriend that they need to be more responsible. There are some things that I would personally kind of let slide if it was just me. Like, okay, you didn't do the dishes or you didn't take out the garbage. That's fine. But not feeding the cat. That is an absolute line in the sand. When another living being is dependent on you feeding them and you're not taking care of them, that's when we have a very serious problem. And that's where I would start and say, hey, if you want to live with me and if we're going to live together, we have to work together on this. That cat depends on us. We have to take care of them and do what we need to do. And then we can work from there. It sounds like possibly medication and further help could really help this person's partner. And I really hope they find the help that they need so that they can be a happy couple together. My fiance's parents have a terrible marriage and it's starting to affect my relationship with my fiance. To keep things short, my fiance's parents have only stayed together for her and it's created many awkward situations. Whenever I'm alone with my fiance's mother, she vents to me about her husband and how he doesn't pay any bills, never kisses or shows any love. Once my girlfriend and I get my own place, she plans to divorce him. Stuff like this constantly is what she tells me. She then turns this into a burden by telling me not to tell my girlfriend any of this. Her father is very emotionally dependent on my girlfriend and the other day we went out for dinner and I heard him in the other room say, why do you always go to dinner with such and such? That being me. But never go out with me. A similar situation happened after we finished watching a movie and her father complained on how she never does this with him. He tends to get very jealous and has no issue making comments right in front of me. If we come back after getting food, the first thing he says to my girl is, oh, you didn't get me anything. If we ever go out or even leave for a day or two, once we come back, her father comes out and acts like he's never seen her before. He'll say stuff like, hey baby, haven't seen you in forever, and gives her this huge bear hug where she looks super uncomfortable. Maybe this is normal, I don't know. I wasn't treated this way, nor were my sisters, but it feels very uncomfortable for me. He treats her like how I'd imagine he should be treating his wife. I get very angry how he treats his wife like garbage and my adult girlfriend like a little girl. He tends to call us whenever we're out to dinner. He has my girlfriend's location and checks it religiously. He knows what he's doing. He also calls anytime we're late. He gets super upset when she doesn't answer and guilt trips her by saying, what if I was having a heart attack? You're the first person I'd call if my fingers would let me do it. It's an extremely awkward situation and has been getting worse as my girlfriend is getting older 
shoulder, and her having to talk to him only helps temporarily. Her father has threatened to stop helping out with her bills. She's a full-time student in law school and can't get 100% support. And he threatens to do this if she ever doesn't answer her calls or takes off her location on her phone. He gets very controlling, and there's a lot he said that has just freaked her out. Recently, my girlfriend and I were planning another trip, and her mother began to invite herself on it again. She went on about how she really wants to travel, while her husband sat there in silence. He refused to travel with her, but has no issue traveling with my girlfriend and I. We let her come on a trip once, and we found out very quickly that we were not compatible to travel together, and she didn't want to do much with my girlfriend, and I did. It's a really sad situation, because I wish she'd just go with her husband, so we don't have to actually feel guilty by saying no that she can't come. Her parents often invite me over for dinner, and they've gotten too comfortable around me to have no issues arguing in front of us, being extremely rude and calling each other names. It's a really uncomfortable situation, and I'm not really sure if there's anything I could do, and my girlfriend doesn't really have any energy to get involved anymore, as it's their relationship. Honestly, I just need help. Any advice would be welcomed. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Honestly, the fact that the dad is being that financially abusive to his daughter and threatening to cut off any funds towards her going to law school simply because she doesn't answer phone calls or have her location on her phone turned on is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I can understand there being some kind of bargain or some kind of agreement between the two of them, but making uncomfortable advances at your daughter at the expense of your current marriage is really weird. I mean, she could, in all honesty, if this is such a problem, stop going to school, start working until she can get enough money to pay for it herself, and then go back to law school, but I mean, nobody really wants that. It also sounds like the original poster in this situation just needs to speak up and make their voice known. Honestly, staying silent and not saying anything about this, even just a voice of, hey, this is kind of awkward, is only going to do them a disservice moving forward. Like, imagine family get-togethers or any other kind of engagement where they're spending time together. This same behavior is going to come back, and it's going to be coming back quite often if nothing's done about it. A line in the sand needs to be made, and somebody's got to do it. At the end of the day, they're getting married, and they're on the verge of starting their new life. 
and eventually no one will be stalking them on their phone and they won't have to answer calls if they don't want to. My girlfriend is spying on our neighbors and it's driving me crazy. We've been together for a year and a half and the relationship has been going pretty good. About six months ago, we had new neighbors move in, one directly across the street from us and one next to us. I started noticing a pattern almost immediately. My girlfriend started propping a couple of blinds open to make sure to have a view of their house and positions herself on the sofa so she can have a clear view. One of the neighbors has a sports car and when she hears him drive up, she makes it a point to go outside and do anything. Take the trash out, clean out her car, do yard work, literally anything. These are things she never did before and acted like she needed to do these things right away. Just to test her reaction, I've always asked her if she ever needed help with anything while she's outside and she tells me that she doesn't need any help and she has it under control. It's ridiculously obvious, but I've kept it to myself until recently. I didn't want to sound like a jealous or a controlling boyfriend, but I do have feelings and being in my mid-40s, I've seen all of the yellow and red flags that can come in a relationship. Honestly, it's the sneaky and obsessive behavior that's getting to me and honestly, it's driving me crazy. I finally opened up to her about it and she lost her mind. I felt gaslit and now I'm questioning myself. Since then though, the few blinds that she flipped to spy on the neighbors aren't flipped up anymore. Yard duties are mine again and she is back to her old ways, but I'm left feeling like a jerk for even having to point it out to her in the first place. Did I cross a line? No, I don't think you crossed a line. I think maybe the girlfriend was just a little too obsessive about her neighbors. I mean, I think it's fine to have an honest curiosity about what your neighbors are doing, but from the sounds of it, it seems like she was being very obsessive and it was getting a little weird. So good on him for expressing his opinion and hopefully they work this out. I have decided to move out and now my parents are disowning me. Last night, I talked with my parents about how I was going to move out of the house. I'm from a conservative Caribbean family and I'm the eldest daughter. I live with them and thankfully I don't have to pay any bills in the house. Throughout my time there, I've managed to save up and I'm very confident that I can live on my own. This isn't my first time moving out. A year ago, I moved out to Nashville for a job, but I came back because of an incident that occurred with an ex-roommate. So I thought it was the right thing to do to move back home. So I did that instead of staying in Nashville. My parents and I didn't talk for a while after I moved, but after the period of not talking, we were able to start again. Before last night, I thought that after that experience, they would see me as an adult who could take care of herself, which I have done, but I was horribly wrong. The conversation was about me telling them that I know they won't and don't want me to move out, but I've made up my mind. They told me about some of the money problems they had while living here in America throughout the years, and I thought that the conversation was going well. They emphasized the point that they don't want me to experience the same things that they have. My mother then says, if I'm going to leave this time, I should leave my key, clean my room, and never come back. My dad then follows her and says that he thinks that I will make the right decision, which would be to stay home and live with them in his mind. But once I told them that I understand where they're coming from, but I've made up my own mind about what to do, things quickly changed. My dad says that if I do this, that I will suffer, and he won't talk to me anymore because God will be his witness. That was very painful to hear them say that. To think that I've done everything I can to avoid trouble and to keep them happy all all my life. They don't trust me and when I make a decision on my own, there's a good chance I won't see my parents again after I moved out. But I have to do what's best for me. Even though I'm not sure if this is the right thing to do, I know this is where I want to go with my life. Has anyone experienced this before? How did they deal with it? Did your parents ever come around? What do I do? The parents in this story are being completely unreasonable. Like who would cut their kids off just because they're moving out? The fact that they reacted like that just shows that she's probably doing the right thing. It sounds like they're angry because of the loss of control. If their concern was coming from a genuine place,
place of concern, they wouldn't lace it with threats. It's just so weird and toxic that the dad and the mom are saying, pack up your stuff and never come back. Like, what kind of parent says that? Overall, I think the original poster is making a good decision, and I think this is going to be a move that's going to help them the best in the long run. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream.